0: This is Kimra Luna of The Cosmos with Kimra, and you're listening to The Inspiration
1: Place. Today's episode is sponsored by my free art journal workshop. If you want to learn my five-step creative goal-setting framework with using an art journal, go to shulmanart.com forward slash goals. Save your spot in my next live training. You'll get to watch me work in my art journal. Can't wait to see you there well, hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Schulman, and you're listening to episode number 72 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Today, I've invited an absolute rock star in the online space to talk about our word for the here. So in this episode, you'll discover why choose a word for the year, how to use journals, whether it's an art journal or a regular journal to coach yourself, and how to use a journal as a meditation and mindfulness practice. Before we get there, I just wanted to let you know that I do have a free video series and a free live training all about art journaling. Be sure you check them out, shulmanart.com forward slash videos to sign up for the video series or to save your spot in the free masterclass, shulmanart.com forward slash goals. All right, so let me introduce today's guest. Today's guest is a punk single mama who's been coaching online service-based business owners for the past four five years. Through her work with hundreds of clients and thousands of students, she's developed a signature process that helps service-based business owners grow their business rapidly with stability. She's known for her no-nonsense approach to coaching with Facilitate's internal and external business transformations. She's been mentored by top leaders in the online business industry and featured in Forbes Female Entrepreneur Association and the Smart Passive Income Podcast please welcome to the Inspiration Place, Kimra Luna. Hey, Kimra, welcome to the show. Thank you for
0: having me and inviting me on. It's great to see you. Since I moved away from New York, I haven't been able to see you in person in quite a while, but it's great to see you. See your lovely face. Yeah,
1: you too. I like the strawberry pink hair.
0: (laughs) My hair is very pink right now, yes.
1: (laughs) How long do you keep like a hair color before you like feel the need to change? Well, the one thing
0: is when you have an online brand, you you take pictures right for like a website and things like that. So I can't change my hair as often as I would wish. It was blue for like a two year period of time. Now it's been pink for about two years. It's probably going to switch up maybe to like purple or something in in the next three or four months or so, which is hilarious because I just did a whole entire brand shoot and it's whatever. <laughs> Most people know my hair changes.
1: Did you get any pushback like from people? Because for a long time, you were like known with blue hair. And when you changed yeah, it, did you get any pushback on that? I changed my hair to pink. Actually, it was changed it kind of more to like a purplish pink
0: first. And then people were like, oh, well, I really liked it better blue. And I was like, I didn't ask for your opinion <laughs> about my hair. Like I just had a new photo shoot and I like my pink purple hair. You know what I mean? Like it was very... It was kind of strange. I was just like, what does it matter? Well, I
1: get just as many comments on my generic bl- brown hair, by the way. People feel the need in my Facebook lives to tell me whether or not they liked my highlighting or I mean, right now, luckily, this is not a video because my gray roots are like right up front and center. But they feel the need to comment on my hair color all the time too. And I just have brown hair.
0: Yeah, I don't know why people they they feel that. But at least most of the time, if I'm like wearing lipstick or something, they'll just compliment the lipstick. Right, right. Distract, It'll distract from the hair, you know, yeah. but it's just funny. People online are funny. And I think sometimes there's a lot of stress with like posting and things online because we're thinking like, oh, what are people going to think about what we look like? And it takes a little bit to get over that. And I still even struggle with that to this day where I'm just like, people going to think I look weird in this outfit or it's one of those things where we all I think have to work on it, which is why I love journaling <laughs> because journaling is my way of working on it. Yes,
1: let's dive into this. So, Cameron and I know as Leah she said, we know each other in real life. We got to know each other last year 2018 we were both part of the same mastermind and you were living in New York, which was super fun and you're a guest that I've wanted to have for a while but I wasn't quite sure how to integrate you into the podcast until I kind of just had this intuitive hit that, wait a minute, Kim journals. Mm -hmm. And you choose a word for the year, right?
0: Yes, yes, I do. I always choose a word for every year and I do journal quite a lot. I have stacks and stacks and stacks of journals for different topics, different things. And my boyfriend thinks it's weird that I put like four journals in my purse before I leave out the door, but
1: (laughs) I love journaling. That's awesome. Okay, so what was your word I'm not going to make you give all the word unless you really feel like it. How long have you been choosing word for a year? Let's start with that. About
0: five years. You know, one of the years my word was bold. Another year it was action because I was just like, I just need to take massive action. That was when I was pregnant and I was about to have a baby. So he was like, I was like three months out from having a baby. And I was like, I got to take action this year because I really want to be able to afford a nanny. So so action kind of became that year's and then my previous year, 2019, has been ease. Hmm. That was my word for 2019 because I've had to do a major business transition with my divorce and I had to close down a lot of the programs I was selling and basically restart my whole entire life over because that's what divorces do to people. I ended up saying, you know, ease should be the name of the game. And then any projects I'm working on, I just would ask myself, does this make me feel ease? And if it's not, then I, I kind of knew that it was it was time to just like, you know what, maybe I should step back.
1: So I've been doing a word for the year for about the last six years as well. Last year was actually the only year that I didn't do it. And that was simply because during the time I usually choose a word and do most of my journaling, my daughter got very ill. Thank God she's, she's totally fine now, but she had a massive seizure last December. Actually, it was pretty scary. We almost lost her. She was in the hospital, in the ICU for a whole week. So that kind of threw me off. And I definitely felt a difference not having that kind of one word focus during Mm -hmm. the year that I normally have. But in the past, my words have been, my first word I remember was harmony. It just helped me in my life that whenever like, I was would do something annoying, like annoying housework, I would just say, no, I'm making harmony in the house. So that's kind of like the idea with words is they, instead of creating a resolution, like I'm going to keep my house clean, makes it a more joyous practice. Another year I chose the word purpose or intent. And this year, what's your word this year, Kimra? My word for 2020 is conviction.
0: I've gone through a pretty interesting transformation over the past two years. I'm kind of transitioning from business coaching into Sex, love, and relationship coaching. I'm incorporating that into some of my business stuff now. And then I'm hoping later in 2020 that I can shift out of the business stuff completely. So it's going to be a pretty massive change in my brand. My boyfriend had actually asked me, you know, he's like, Oh, well, like, why are you doing such a massive change like that? For one, it could affect obviously your day to day money and flow and stuff as you're starting to get new clients and stuff. Like, why would you be doing this? I said, Well, because I have conviction about my beliefs about sex and love and how relationships work. And like, I was like, I really believe that, you know, these three things are core to people having success in life Mm. because we are very connected beings. We, we have this connection that, that we all long for, you know? And if I can help people have those better connections, then I know that I'm doing what I'm put here to do. And just the fact that I have been able to heal through immense amounts of trauma in my life and be at a place where I feel so wonderful in the sexual sense, in my relationships, and even just my own self-love. like I know I want to be able to help people do that, but if I don't keep that conviction... I can get off track because it's really easy when we, I have a primary business where it's like, oh, I could just make more money with my primary business, right? And just like sell another thing rather than like, you know what? I need to work on this other project and then work on building that brand because it does take a while to build a brand, you know? So it's like, if I keep that conviction, I know I'll stay committed to what I want to achieve with that brand.
1: Basically like life coaching people. So, yeah. So have you found yourself doing that with your clients anyway? Because I find myself doing, when I first started coaching other artists, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be all about strategy. I'm not a life coach. I'm a strategist. And it doesn't really work that way because the emotions get in the way. You really do have to talk about, don't you think? You really have to talk about yeah. mindset with them.
0: Yes, you have to work on mindset and, and even just stuff that's going on in their personal life. Personal life affects affects a business, especially if you are an artist or a creative musician, like anyone that's creating content. I mean, even myself, I'm just kind of a content creator, you know, for post and, and training materials and stuff. If you're someone who's creating, you have to have a good flow. Yeah. And your business flow is one thing, but the personal life affects the business flow. Having these words and spending time journaling and using a word to kind of remind yourself of like where you want to be at the end of the year. Like I know that word conviction is like I want it to feel like when someone sees one of my posts Mm. that they're like camera has conviction behind this. That's great. Right.
1: And the same thing goes with art. Like, What do you want people to feel when they see this? Right. So my word actually for this year is evolve. And it's interesting because what you're talking about that you're evolving actually is a lot as a person, mm-hmm. so I decided that was my word this year that I really am feeling right now that my whole purpose in life that really what my conviction is that all everyone's purpose in life is is to evolve to that next best version of ourselves, whatever mm-hmm. form that's going to take. so that's yeah, my word I for I love
0: year. the word evolve. I think that's such an incredible word and and it was funny because one time a person had came to me and wanted coaching and they were asking about like, well, what's like the exact end result going to happen? I was like, well, the only result I can guarantee is that you're going to evolve in some way. Interesting. It's the only guaranteed thing, you know? Like I can't, there's no guarantees in life, but I can guarantee that any experience and, and lesson that you learn you're going to have some sort of evolution from that.
1: Yeah, I find with my clients, what I tell them is this, if they do 100% of what I say, 100% of the time, of course, they're going to make lots of money. The problem is human beings don't do 100% of what we're supposed to do 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. But what I have noticed is that everyone gets something different out of their journey. I have one woman in my group. At this point now, I'm not even sure if her goal anymore is to become a successful artist, but she is just enjoying the process so much of like you said, just evolving into the kind of person she needs to become Mm -hmm. and that she wants to become. And that's what this has been about for her developing that kind of self confidence. So evolving.
0: I think that's a really just wonderful word for you to choose. And especially when you're seeing that so much with your clients. And then of course, you're personally evolving. And it's a little different people have businesses because it's like, our word that we pick goes into our business too, you know? So it's not like just for personal stuff. But when I think of the word conviction, I think of like, what am I really committed to? Yeah. If I'm committed to watching too much Netflix, then that's something I shouldn't be committed to. So I need to keep myself in check also. So I like to use my word to inspire myself but also keep myself in check when I'm just like, why am I having so much conviction about this stupid YouTube series? Right. You know, when I don't even need to watch this, right. you know? Or or why am I why am I spending so much time watching this Netflix thing when it's not even supporting me or at all, you know? I would rather watch a show with the kids. At least I'm cuddling with them rather right. than watching some show by myself, right. you know? So it's like asking myself like what am I really committed to? So yeah, and conviction is just an interesting word. It's one of those things where especially because I share a message out into the world. If you don't have conviction behind your message, like say you're writing a book, if you don't have conviction about the things that you believe and that you're sharing in that book, no one's going to want to buy your book. Like yeah. that energy goes behind the stuff that you create. And I think that it can be kind of difficult because some people think like, oh, the word conviction, it makes them think of like, oh, it's like just so firm. And you know, there's no flexibility with it. But When you're using it for yourself, you can make it as flexible as you want it to be.
1: Now, let me ask you a question. So you choose a word for the year. How are you using the journal either to tie yourself back to the word or to
0: coach yourself? I do a lot of asking myself questions. I have a huge document on my computer that is just journal prompts. Love that. To dive into myself because this is just a journey, right? It could be something where it's like, Like, I remember, like, I was working on a forgiveness thing inside of a different program that I'm in. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I have forgiven this person, but I don't think I have so much this person. And then I would ask myself, why am I holding on to that thing? I literally just coach myself. Like, I'm one of those people where it's like, I like having a coach, but I find I actually get more out of coaching myself Mm -hmm. in a journal and working with a coach for the most part. It's really one of those things where it's like getting good at asking yourself questions. It's a skill set that takes time to get good at. But when I first kind of started my personal development journey, I really couldn't afford like therapy. I couldn't afford, you know, coaches and things. And, you know, I was like broken on welfare back then. <laughs> and, and so utilizing the journal was the way that kind of kept me on track. It facilitated healing for me. It, it helped me be able to figure out what I even wanted in life. Because sometimes I'm not even clear on that. I'm like, wait, what do I really want? Do I really want this?
1: I also always found that when you journal, it's a great way to see your brain on paper, like to really, Mm -hmm. like you don't always know what you're thinking. And it's really about the pen to paper. Don't mm-hmm. you, you can't really do it yeah. on a computer.
0: Yeah, I, when you're typing it, it's not the same. No. And I and I was primarily digital for quite a while. And then I switched back to having paper journals.
1: There was an app, like the five minute, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: five minute journal or whatever. Yeah, but
1: it, it's okay. But yeah, doing it on paper is way more powerful. Yeah.
0: And I think with paper, it's, you can customize it a little bit more. And I do love kind of just asking myself questions, just coaching myself in different types of ways. And one way that's been worked really great for me is I, I like to ask myself at the end of every day, what did I feel today? And why did I feel that? Oh, way? that's good. And those two questions have really kind of been the ones that have stuck with me for probably two years now that I write about every day because sometimes you never know like why you're feeling off, you know, why am I feeling off? But if you actually sit and write it out, it'll start coming out to you. I'm really into that. And then when it comes to like anchoring myself, like back to that word, I can say like, you know, well, were these things today things that I would have conviction about? Things that I really believe in? Like, does this really align with myself or the values that I have Mm. for my life? I also spend a lot of time writing about values because values do shift over time. I mean, obviously before I had kids, I wouldn't have thought of anything about being a mama Mm. type of thing. Yeah. And the values that go along with that, values change over time. But you know, some of my core things are like freedom, rebellion. You know, rebellion is it's just part of who I am. And if something that I'm doing doesn't feel that way, like if it feels like too stiff or
1: even traditional. You don't like to be told what to no, do, right? No, I hate me it. Me neither. I hate, I hate it. Yeah, I hate being told Don't tell me what to do because I will not do it just because and you I'll told do the me opposite so. even.
0: <laughs> right. Same. Yeah. And then what I do is I define what those words mean to me. Because rebellion to some people, they might think, Oh, you're just like starting a revolution and like burning things down. But for me, rebellion means that it's facilitating the act of like not having to do every single thing everybody else does.
1: Yeah. I like to use the word for myself as renegade. Mm, Renegade. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Love that word too. It's, It's wonderful. So I really challenge everyone to kind of just look up like, like you could Google, like, List of values and start checking out like words that are things that that are really meaningful to you and, and that you care about, but then making your own definition of them, you know, because not everyone's definition is exactly the same. Like my definition of freedom might be completely different to somebody else's definition of freedom.
1: One of the things I love doing when I choose a word for the year. So I do all my stuff in an art journal. And all that means is that I do like fancy bubble letters around every single thing I put in there. And maybe I don't really do a lot of fine art in there. It's more just expressive with the, with the actual words. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I do after I choose the word is I will look it up in the dictionary and write down the definition. And then I'll actually go and look up, well, what are all the synonyms of that word? Mm -hmm. And what are all the opposites of that word? And then I try to kind of explore, get an Mm -hmm. intimate relationship with the word. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. You know, one thing I just want to circle back, Kimra, just for the listener. So you mentioned about having prompts. And I didn't prepare anything specific for this episode, but I do have a lot of freebies. So I just want to let the listeners know that if they go to the show notes, shulmanart.com forward slash 72, I am going to put a link where they can download journal prompts because I I think I have more than one of those Mm -hmm. lists of journal prompts and make sure that they have it Mm -hmm. so they they can play around with those things. What is one of your favorite prompts? Usually
0: it's things like what is holding me back from getting to where I want to be? Because that could change from day to day. You know, like if I'm just having a real rough day and like, you know, the kids are screaming or things just are off, yeah. I have to just sit down and be like, what's holding me back today? And is it okay for me to just stay still? Mm. Because that's one thing where I think sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to just to just stop. So I'll ask myself, is this a day that I should just stop? Or is this a day yeah. that I still need to keep going forward, but how can I do this in a way that has more ease? And if that means I just give my kids a bag of marshmallows and tell them all, hey, go in the other room and just eat these and leave me the heck alone so I can do something, that's ease. It doesn't feel great that I gave them a bunch, of, a bunch of sugar, but at least I was able to do the thing I needed to do.
1: So Kimra, I want to pause for a moment because there's a lot of people who don't know you that well and they need to know. You have three boys, mm-hmm. one of whom is on the autistic spectrum. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Are you still
0: homeschooling them? My older two are now in school. They were homeschooled for primarily most of their life. My oldest is 10. So this is his first time going to school. So they did start going to public school. However, I actually find it's more exhausting than being in school because I have to wake them up, do the breakfast, get their lunches ready, Mm -hmm. take them to school. To me, I feel it's more exhausting than when they were at (laughs) home. So I'm kind of like, I don't know about next year that might not, this might not continue. And then my youngest, he still is homeschooled and he's also autistic. So it's probably not very likely I'll ever um, send him to school, but it's one of those things where it's a lot of work. And so you have to take moments to pause. And I think so many others, they don't just sit and just pause for a second and then think like, okay, what's really happening today? You know, because it's like our anxiety will get really high, or you feel really frantic,
1: and it's like, does this really need to be frantic? Do you feel that moving from New York City to you're in Boise, Idaho, or yeah, near I'm there, outside of Boise? Yeah, has that helped with the anxiety levels?
0: Definitely, because um, my youngest son, he would tantrum anytime we went on the train. So, it was Mm. very difficult to go places in New York City. He loves being in the car. You put him in the car, he doesn't even make a sound. He loves it. So, that's one of the primary reasons I left the city because... My youngest son, he does need some of that calmness, and I was like, "Yeah, because
1: it's very stimulating in the city. It's really hard for an autistic child who's very sensitive to all the sounds and smells." Yeah, I would have to
0: massage his body the whole time just to like try to keep him like calm down and like do all these like snapping and things to distract him, and he'd have to have like a bunch of sensory things. It was just a whole ordeal just to even go anywhere, and then I would feel bad for my older kids because. Then they actually didn't want to go places because they're just like, oh no, he's just gonna be screaming the whole time. Mm. So it was really, really difficult. And that was even with therapy for 20 hours a week. He was still having lots of meltdowns. And here he's he's doing pretty good. I think just because the energy is a lot different. Yeah, but yeah, you do have to pause as as anyone, even mother or not. I think sometimes when we're feeling like frantic or things are moving too fast, it's like, hey, like let's just pause for a second and really assess what is really going on today. And even like my oldest son, like he was kind of like saying some things that seemed like kind of really rude. And we were just like, what is going on? And then I found out a girl at his school had made fun of his stutter so, oh. and it was so sad because that was the, one of the primary reasons I didn't want to send him to school is because I was like, this kid stutters. Someone's going to say something at some point, you know, once we figured that out, then it's like, I sat down with him and I teach him journaling. My kids are, have been journaling for a very long time because I feel like it gives them a safe space to say things that are on their mind.
1: Yeah. My kids both journal too. I have a 19 year old son and a 22 year old daughter. Mm-hmm. And they both do a lot of journaling, not the kind of journaling I do with the art, but my daughter, it's more like a hybrid. Mm-hmm, yeah. And my son, it, it's a pure writing journal. Yeah.
0: And I, I think it's really important to start facilitating the skill of journaling. I think that a lot of people, they've just always kind of brush it aside or just thought it was something that like teenage girls wrote about their crushes, which is
1: what I used to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. This is like, that's what, that's what everyone <laughs> did when we were, when we actually were teenagers. But as adults, especially, it can be utilized in so many ways, whether it's from doing just art inside of an, an actual art journal. And, and I'm a big doodler. I'm, I like doodle all over everything. And so is my seven-year-old, Orion. Every single one of his papers that comes back from his school is just pictures all over them. So that's all he does. just doodles like like I bought him markers apparently the other kids in the class don't have markers so they all have been trying to steal his markers but I bought him some markers really? cuz I was just like cuz I they didn't give me a list of what to give him to go to school so I just was like I don't know I'll just buy all the school supplies they guy you know and so I sent him to school, and said to his school to all the other kids are trying to take his markers he color codes everything so like he'll write one sentence in one color and then the next another sentence in another color and he like makes it like his whole page is like a rainbow
1: that's awesome
0: what grade is he in he's in second grade but the the thing that's frustrating me already is I already know once he gets to like sixth grade, they're gonna be like, no, you can only use a blue pen. I already know they're gonna start doing that to him. And I'm just like,
1: it's, oh, it's, I think it starts earlier than that. I remember in third grade, I went to battle. So speaking about being a rebel or a renegade, I went to battle with my third grade teacher over the handwriting lessons. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we had that paper with the blue lines. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? And you're supposed to you know, use the top line and the bottom line and then the, the dash middle line yep. to d- d- your letters. So I, I was not about that. I was about creating fonts. Mm-hmm. So I got a C in handwriting because I was coming up with different fonts for all my different assignments instead of... <laughs> practicing what I was supposed to do anyway hilarious.
0: I was very similar in school I would kind of make up my own handwriting like every year I had a different type of handwriting of for course. school because I was just like it had to be different
1: you also have to rebel against
0: yourself Yeah, like you can't well, right my mom was a calligrapher so my mother is an artist and I don't really have a relationship with my mother but as a kid that's all that's all my mom did like she would just be sitting there for like 40 hours without even like moving just like drawing and stuff she's like obsessive but she did a lot of calligraphy like she designed a lot of like in our local town like she would like be the person that designed like the signs for like the local businesses and like paint them and stuff like that and then during christmas time she always did christmas windows so i was always at every single shop and my mom was at every shop painting santa claus i'm well wow. So I was around a lot of art. And so as a kid, that was just kind of normal to me. One of my brothers, he drew like comics. I do portraits. So portraits is the only type of art, like pencil and charcoal portraits. So you still do that, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah, I do that. And I've just gotten more into like oil painting. I'm trying to set up my garage because now that I'm in Idaho, I have a garage. So I can actually do oil painting because I can actually open the garage door and not have to breathe in so much fumes. I'm working on developing some oil paintings, a lot of like hard and soft sort of stuff. I just love hard and soft. Oh,
1: I wear everything nice. black,
0: but oh, here's a pretty flower. Yes. Like, that's just like my personality. So I'm starting to work now more on um, oil painting. So I'm starting to get into that skill.
1: Okay. So now Sirius, who is your autistic mm-hmm. son, I know he's only five, but has he shown any artistic ability? Cause a lot of times there's a connection there. Yes. By the way, I know a lot of artists, a lot of professional artists who have autistic children. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a, a, I think I was told once that it's almost like you have this artistic brain that kind of Overcorrects in certain areas, Mm -hmm. and that's what leads to autism. Yeah,
0: he's very very artistic like he has perfect handwriting and he's almost five so yeah he's four and a half yes almost five and he loves drawing he loves art that's pretty much all he does all day and he recently has started playing the keyboard so my boyfriend is a musician a drummer and also plays keyboard just started playing cello and then we have in their room it's just like guitars and drums and piano and it's just their whole bedroom is just a bunch of musical instruments and my youngest that you know, my son with autism, serious. He can already play like you know, Happy Birthday on the piano. He like just that's awesome. Ago. He really does love picking that sort of stuff up. So we'll see what happens. The keyboard seems to be where he's kind of going towards. Yeah, but he does love art. the nanny that I hired. She's also an artist too, so she does a lot of drawing. And our other nanny in New York, she was an artist too, so she would just be hanging out with them, doing art all day. So they're really into awesome. art. My oldest too. Aren't super into like a lot of the drawing type of art. They're more into the music stuff. Definitely a household of creatives. And now I'm doing, getting more back into my
1: singing and stuff. Oh, that's right. You were mentioning that before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about that. Cause I didn't, I had no idea you sang. Yeah,
0: I've been a singer my whole life pretty much. I mean, singing was actually. One of the ways that helped me heal a lot as a kid, really, when it came to getting through a lot of the, the trauma that was going on in my household growing up, my sister and I used to sing songs together at night to kind of drown out the sound of people fighting. So mm. kind of became like our life from a very young age. And then I was in choir from the time I was like in fourth grade all through high school, you know, saying at like sports games. And I've been in a few bands over the years. I was in a post-punk band when I was 18. So I'm kind of working towards doing some more of that. My boyfriend is in the process of opening a bar slash venue. And then we're going to be building some gig spaces in there recording studios podcast studios and one of our friends he's he's a really awesome producer and he's been in the area here for about 20 years recording stuff and we're going to be building a studio for him in there as well so A lot of our life is like shifting into more music and art spaces. And so we'll see what happens with the singing stuff.
1: I know Idaho is a very creative state. There's a lot of creative stuff. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, like we saw this other guy the other day at this metal show that he was a one man band. But I'm like, how is this person like not famous? Like he was so good. And that happens when you come from small towns because there's not much else to do except art. Interesting. There isn't anything to do. Like you just get bored. Like when right. I was in high school, I'd play guitar for like five hours a day because there was nothing to do.
1: I never thought of that as being the Yeah, And I just watched okay. a video.
0: I just shared it with Billie Eilish. And she said that with her mom, her and her brother, they're the ones like her brother recorded her album like in their bedroom at their house. Like she still lives there and records in her in their bedroom. Even though she's like one of the top pop stars there is right now. And she had said that her parents had had a rule where it was kind of like a household rule where it's like, you can still stay up late if you're making music. Interesting. And I was just like, hmm, that might be an interesting rule to incorporate with the
1: kids because they'll never stop playing music because they'll just stay up until. Or late. reading or whatever, like whatever that value, your value is, like bringing it back to your the values. Kids used to
0: trick me and I'd be like, oh, oh, it's time for bed. And then they would bring out their journals. Because they knew I wanted not tell uh, them how to stop journaling. Right. As long as you're as journaling, as you're you can, journaling can stay up. Right. Up. So I'm just like, because it's true. Like, I'm like, hey, if you're like painting and doing art, I mean, I'm not going to force you to go to bed. Like. I know. So I thought that's like that kid who's doing their homework. Yeah. Like I just, I'm just like, you know what? Like hmm, that might be an interesting thing to keep those creative juices flowing late at night.
1: Camera, why don't you tell my listeners a program in January that you're most excited about? I know you told me about before we started recording your cause, the Cosmos Collective. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the Cosmos Collective. That's a group program
0: that I host with service-based business owners. It's really about people who who want to be able to actually make money with their gifts. Then I have another program called the galaxy. It's just a $10 a month membership. When people join that, they get access to, I think it's over a hundred hours now of marketing material from different wow. people, top people in the industry. It's just like kind of a page you go sort of thing. Like, Hey, 10 bucks a month, you know, take as much content as you want. And, if you come back, you come back. If you don't, you don't. Know, it's fine. And that's my primary program is the Galaxy. And they can find that at com Kimmeraluna.com now? com slash Galaxy. It'll take you right there. K-I-M-R-A-L-U-N-A because everyone spells my name wrong.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. And it'll be in the show notes, shulmanart.com forward slash 72. All right, Kimra, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? I would say just to people here, especially if they're wanting to
0: get into doing more journaling and kind of like coaching themselves, block off time on your calendar to do it. A lot of people, I think they might hear this and be like, oh, like what's really the value in like Writing in a journal. But it's been one of those things that has really, really helped with my mental health, especially. It's helped so much with my business. It's helped so much with my parenting. Just being able to have a space where I can write things down and, you know, really dive deep within myself has helped me understand my true values because some of my values I thought were one thing, but really they were something completely different. It's really important. And so even setting aside just five or 10 minutes a day, just like you would if you were meditating or it's another form of being mindful. And sometimes meditating is actually kind of hard for me. So I would prefer to journal right. and get the things out of my brain rather than trying to slow my brain down. <laughs> um, so I just, I really, really recommend that everyone here, whether it's art journaling or just journaling, writing questions, you know, down and doing prompts, I highly recommend everyone just really look into it.
1: Well, thank Thanks so much for joining me here today to talk about your word and journaling. It's been awesome having you as a guest. Well, thank you for having me. We've included links to Camera's website in case you want to work more with her in the show notes. Like I said, it's shulmanart.com forward slash 72. And just to wrap up, I want to remind you to subscribe. I have some amazing guests coming your way and you don't want to miss a single one. If you're feeling extra loving, leave me a five-star review and a helpful review on Apple Podcasts. You know that helps other people find the show. And if you drop your Instagram handle in the review, I'll actually give you a shout out. All right, that's it for today. I will see you same time, same place next week. Make it a good one.